Good evening. Um, I hope everybody's had a good holiday break. It's nice to be getting back into the swing of things a little bit, or at least about to be. If you don't know me, my name is Davis Owen, and I'm the intern here at Dalreda. And I'm sure all of you knew that, but Will wanted me to say that before I started speaking tonight. Um, tonight, me and Will are going to be giving an overview of the recent trip we went on to Exposure Youth Camp. Um, and before I start, I'd like to go ahead and thank all of the elders for allowing us to go on this trip, as well as the folks who donated that allowed uh, some of the kids to be able to go, and the chaperones and parents. And we really appreciate y'all from the bottom of our hearts. Without y'all, uh, we wouldn't have opportunities like this to be able to go to things like exposure. So we really appreciate you all. Um, each year, the youth group has the opportunity to go to a youth camp called Exposure. And this is a four-day trip where the kids are given an opportunity to listen to fantastic speakers, lessons, and this year the inclusion of panels as well. And um, it's a very great opportunity that the kids get to do every year. It's been growing every single year that we've gone as well. I believe the number this year will, if I'm wrong, you'll correct me later, I, th I think it was somewhere around 3,000, which is just phenomenal. Um, but... This um, this exposure, many of our kids, it was their first year to go, but a lot of others, it was um, probably their third, fourth, or fifth time, etc. I believe this was my ninth time to go, and I think that in terms of the quality of the speakers and the organization of it all and just the general happiness between our group and the other groups, it was probably one of, if not the best years at exposure. And I think as the uh, the years go by, it'll get that trend will continue to um, uh, continue as well. And um, something that I got to witness within our group this um, at, during this trip is that uh, as far as our youth group, youth group goes, everybody in the congregation knows that um, whether they're at home or they are in town or away, our youth group is phenomenal in their behavior and that they always um, – behave in a very godly manner and a very respectful manner and that was no different this trip I was so impressed I'm always so impressed with how well our youth group behaves and I got to see how close they are this uh, this past weekend as well I believe we had 42 in total go yeah 42 in total go and um, it was really neat to see how connected they were with each other um, one one of the things that would be outlined that is I don't know about Will, but the entire weekend that I was there, I didn't see one of our kids alone. If I saw any of our kids, they were all in a group, and that was that's really just kind of a testament to how close and how great our group is together. And not only that, but each night um, before we would go to bed, Will would have us all assemble in one of the hotel rooms, and we would go over what we learned during the day. And I got to listen to a lot of the feedback that the uh, youth group had that picked up and how I got to see how well they focused and how the awesome feedback that they have. And they are just so awesome. And you, everybody here already knows that. But uh, we just want to thank them as well for, you know, behaving uh, in a godly manner and um, just being great. Uh, what I saw as exposure at a whole is if you've never heard of exposure, um, I a little bit a little bit more about it is that like I said there's 3,000 people this year but it's all about a bunch of young uh, middle school and high schoolers getting together 
of like-minded faith and for a few days getting to go and listen to uh, challenge sessions and panels and a lot of great speakers that, to, uh, to listen to listen to and it's really fantastic thing to witness and never never really gets old um, and I believe it will continue to be like that I believe it will continue to grow in the and go in the right direction as well one of the really cool things that you get to, that uh, you get to see when uh, you go to exposure is that um, I, I don't know have the exact number but I believe will does is all of the young folks uh, see and realize that they have may have fallen away from God or maybe they're not living their the way they need to be living properly in their lives and they we get to see them recommit their lives to God and respond to the invitation with repentance and that's a really great thing to see as well as I believe we had 22 baptisms well is that right yeah 22 baptisms while we were there as well and to get to see um, young folks realize the uh, magnitude of baptism and just exactly what it is and real and realize that and have the need to be baptized it's fantastic I mean uh, I don't want to pick on Campbell Hammond but just the other night she got baptized and I like to think that um, some of the lessons that we had at exposure uh, provoked some of her thoughts to come to that decision so it really benefits um, a lot of it really benefits a lot of us another part of exposure that we have is team time and team time is where all of the kids from that come to exposure are randomly assorted into different groups and to each group there's a team leader and they, the teams do things such as uh, icebreakers and games and um, singing and just spending time with each other and getting to know each other better and I had the opportunity to be a team leader this year and I can say that it was one of the best experiences I've ever had getting to see a bunch of young Christians that don't know each other uh, grow together over the weekend and I really appreciate the opportunity to be able to do that as well um, but before I hand it over to Will uh, I would like to leave you with the challenge um, the topic at exposure this year was complete and the theme overarching theme of exposure was how what what completes me what um, is the thing that completes you so this year uh, as the years 2020s just started, we have done a a lot of us have probably made a, a lot of New Year's resolutions. I myself have made one to not bite my fingernails. Uh, but if I'm being honest with myself and if you're being honest with yourselves, we're not really going to stick to those. So it's only a matter of time. But as uh, as I hand it over to Will, I'd really like to challenge you all to as the as the year starts and continues to resolve within yourselves, what completes you? Is it God? Is it your family? Is it things of this world? Um, and not that uh, not that family isn't a great thing, obviously, and things of that sort. But um, I just want to challenge you all to resolve that within yourselves. And if you find that God is not what completes you, to um, change that and uh, finally have have Him at the forefront in your life. Because if He's not the one that completes you then we are the ones that are always going to be incomplete. Hi, everyone. My name is Will Tucker, and I work as the minister at the Dalrada Church of Christ. 
just want to thank you for the opportunity I have. Davis asked me to introduce myself to everyone, so I'll make sure you knew who I was. I uh, just want to echo what Davis had to say to begin with. Um, uh, we had a wonderful trip to Exposure. We were able to take 42 of our young people. And I, I say 42 young people. We had chaperones and a part of those young people. Uh, they felt very young as they got there the first day. About the end of the last day, they felt very old, they said, and were kind of in zombie mode as they approached the bus and made their way onto the bus to go home. But um, an, an excellent group. Um, we have one of the best groups of kids around that I know of. Um, and, I, and working as a youth minister, I sometimes hear some horror stories about youth groups and some things that happen sometimes, but um, I really don't even have things to share like that. We, we have a tremendous group here, and I'm very thankful for all of you. If you're a parent or a grandparent or just a mentor within this congregation to our teenagers, uh, thank you. And keep, keep doing what you do. Do a wonderful job in raising these wonderful people, and I just am very excited about being able to work with them each and every day. Last thing I'll say as far as thank you goes is appreciate our elders. Uh, they did a wonderful job this morning and challenged us for our new year, and um, thank them so much for allowing us to go to things like this. And thank you to Davis, our intern, uh, the guy that just spoke, by the way. Um, Davis does a really good job with our teenagers. Uh, he's a wonderful intern. It's not being an intern is not about what I doing what I say. I can tell you that. Uh, if you ask the previous interns, it's nothing like that. Um, Davis provides a, a sense of security for our kids. Davis does a wonderful job, and it's those interpersonal relationships. He's able to approach. It seems like every one of our kids carry on a conversation and check on them, and see how they're doing. And I admire that trait. That's something I want to keep working on myself. And I see it in him. I said it earlier. Our theme for exposure was complete this year, and how to. Uh, be a complete Christian in Christ, and how does Christ complete you? Um, if you take a look at the screen, it's going to be very hard to see, but this is kind of the daily schedule we had while we're there. And if you notice, it's filled. Uh, there's four days, basically three days that are filled up with activities for these kids to do, and it wasn't activities to play around with. It was classes to attend. It was challenge sessions where they were challenged in their faith. It was times of worship both morning and evening, and the schedule was packed completely because, number one, um, we've noticed that if you don't pack a schedule, kids get bored very easily. And number two, this is a pivotal time for these pe these young people. As you approach the end of a year and the beginning of a new one, there's a lot of people that are willing to make changes and examine their lives. And this needs to be done on a daily basis, and I think this thing kind of really hit home for a lot of our young people. I want to give you kind of a list of, of, of what lessons they heard, and just an example of some things they heard each day and each evening. Friday night, we talked about the, the topic of being complete in Christ. We talked about baptism, what it means, how Christ can complete me from going from someone who was incomplete to be a whole person, a person who is new in Christ. It starts their new life. That was Friday night. And Saturday morning, uh, Brother Hiram Kemp spoke about a complete start and starting over as you become a Christian. It's not the old self that you remember. It's someone that's brand new, someone that's completed once again. As uh, Nicodemus, we found out, as the Lord told Nicodemus, he said, you are to be born again, Christian. You start your life over. On Saturday night, Brother Andrew Itson, who served in this congregation as an intern with us, spoke about he completes me and how I should look to Christ each and every moment of my life as he is the factor that completes me. He is the one that makes me unique, and he is the one that I will follow all my days. On Sunday morning, we heard a lesson called Complete Forever. 
knowing where I'm going and knowing my destination is already made and already had and looking forward to that blessed hope of heaven. And finally, Sunday night, Brother Dan Winker did an excellent job in talking about complete forgiveness and how not just how the human looks at forgiveness, how we're able to forgive, but yet we sometimes struggle with forgetting. We looked at how God is uniquely is unique and how God is able to forgive and forget and wipe the slate clean of all of our past sins when we seek God and we ask for repentance. And it was just a wonderful weekend. As David said, throughout the weekend we had... 22 baptisms. And yes, I count Campbell with this one as well. But of those 22 young people that began their walk this week with Christ, this past week, each one seemed to have written a very similar story and a similar response to invitations. And basically what we do for invitations, we each night we, we have an opportunity for the young people to respond. And they'll come down the front and the youth minister will take the response or some group leader one or some male leader within the congregation there that they serve. And I was reading the responses, and I heard several of them requesting baptism. And my job for exposure is um, I have over 200 cards that I get to look through and get to read the kids' responses. For privacy reasons, we try not don't look at the names or anything like that, but just see what our kids are going through and what they experience. And here's some of the things I heard, some of the things I read in their response cards and how they responded to baptism. Some of them wrote on their, their cards, I'm missing the most vital piece, it seems, in life. I've been searching for answers and solutions for a long time, and I know I finally found it. I feel incomplete, and I feel lost most of the time during my daily routine. And one wrote, I desire to be completed in Christ and be a part of his kingdom and be baptized in Christ. And you think about those responses, and you, and you wonder and say, I've heard those before. Maybe you wrote the same thing at one time when you became a Christian, or maybe you had those same thoughts when you became a Christian. You were struggling with that idea. But then you also see it in scriptures over and over. And if you have your Bibles tonight, go ahead and turn to the book of Acts, chapter 8. Acts, chapter 8, is a story that many of us know with Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. But throughout history, you see similar stories. Stories such as Nicodemus and Zacchaeus, who came to the Lord, they were searching for some sort of truth and hope in their life. Nicodemus was an interesting story because Nicodemus comes at night and he knows there's something different about this Lord. There's something different about Jesus and he's desperate to find it. It doesn't matter about his reputation or the job he served. He is looking for that hope and he finds it within Jesus. He said, you're, you're different than anybody else. There's some meaning behind you. And you see Zacchaeus in the similar story where Zacchaeus runs to Jesus and he has to see him and he climbs up in that tree and Jesus said, I'm coming to your house today. And Zacchaeus is thrilled that Jesus is there. But Zacchaeus, you see, is running to meet Jesus. He's making it a point to be seen and to see the Lord because there was something missing in his life that made him incomplete. In Acts chapter 8, you have a similar story with Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. And beginning in verse 26, we'll read verses 26 to 31 together. So the angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go towards the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and he went, and there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch official, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, Go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, Do you understand what you're reading? 
And he responded, How can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come and sit with him. He had gone to Jerusalem to go worship. And he had left that worship service seeking answers. He had left wondering, there's something else that's got to be out there. There's something that I'm missing within my life. I left feeling incomplete. And on the way back, he asked those questions. They're festering within his mind. And he's longing for the truth. The Spirit of God calls Philip. He said, I want you to go find this man. He knew exactly where he was. God knew exactly what was on the Ethiopian eunuch's mind. And he sent Philip there. And in verse 28, you find him reading the book of Isaiah, and he's struggling through it. As you continue to read the story, the Ethiopian eunuch becomes anxious, and his anticipation is building as he says to Philip, I need someone to help me. Philip, I need help. I've been searching, I've been wondering, and what is it after all my achievements I, I have been able to achieve, after all my hard work, after all my service, I thought I could hang my hat on something that was good, but yet I still find myself in life wondering. I still find myself seeking answers to life's greatest question. What's the real truth here? Who is it I should follow because my life, after all my achievements, after everything I've done, I'm still missing a vital piece. And I'm trying desperately to find it. That seems to me the attitude of the Ethiopian eunuch as I'm reading through this. Do you understand what you're reading? How can I? Please help me. I've been looking. I've been searching. Well, he was in the right place. And in verse 32 of Acts chapter 8, it says this. Now the passage of Scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter. Like a lamb before its shearers is silent. So he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, about whom, I ask you, does the prophet say about this, about himself, or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with the scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus Christ. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water, what prevents me from being baptized. And he commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip and the, and the eunuch, and he baptized him there. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more. And he went away rejoicing. It was a feeling of emptiness, of guilt, and questions that the Ethiopian eunuch had been wrestling with that all of a sudden turned into understanding. When Philip taught the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Ethiopian eunuch, there was a realization of truth that was going on and taking place. When the unit made the decision to stop the chariot and walk into the water, there was hope that was being born within him. When the unit was immersed in the water into the blood of Jesus Christ, there was completeness in his life. One of the most exciting verses in this story is verse 39 for me, where it says, And the eunuch saw Philip no more, but notice what he starts doing. It didn't matter because he went on his way rejoicing. Philip was just doing his job. And for the Ethiopian unit, it wasn't about Philip. What it was about was finding out who Jesus was and finding out this is the missing piece in my life. This is what completes us. The gospel of Jesus Christ. He was rejoicing that he now belonged to the Father and he was made whole and complete within his own eyes and in the Father's eyes. For those 22 people at Exposure who were baptized into Jesus, 
you could see that same joy as they came up out of the water. The same joy the Ethiopian eunuch experienced so many years ago. You could see the same excitement as they realized their sins had been washed away and they were being completed in Christ. One of the other unique things we saw was there was 135 plus restorations. It's kind of a ballpark figure. I count 135, but I know there was more beyond that. There were also private restorations, private responses. Each night, those who responded wrote their struggles down on, on paper and their pleas of forgiveness onto these cards, and the cards were in turn read by the male leader for the group. There were numerous responses each night. And so many were asking for prayers, forgiveness, and seeking encouragement. But there were some responses that are really unique, and they were very open and detailed about what was really going on in their life. And I, and I tell you, I, it is incredible to see how hearts can be open and people just write the truth about what's really going on. And I, and I appreciate those people. Some admitted to struggling with viewing pornography on a daily basis as an escape throughout their life. Some, some admitted to social media addiction, and I need help. Some admitted to depression, to cutting, to broken relationships, suicidal thoughts, drug abuse, vaping, and crude language, and on and on it seemed to go. These young people really seemed to open up about what was really going on. Not only did they asked for God's help, but they asked for the people that were there, Christians' helps among them. Some had written they had turned to the fruits of the world in order to cope and manage their struggles of life, and yet they still felt incomplete and lost and still looking for the next some sort of high in their life to relieve their pains in this world. And I was sitting there and I was listening to some of these very, very detailed responses that were being read. And I remember an old song we used to sing at, at, where I grew up at Blackwater. And we've sung it here before. And, and I'm not going to try to lead it. Brother Steve led a, a song this morning. I, I would not do good on this song, but I want you to listen to the words of this song. As these young people were pouring out their hearts, all I could think about was number 213 in our song books. And it's called, He is Able. It says, He is able more than able to accomplish whatever concerns me today. He is able, more than able, to handle anything that comes my way. He is able, more than able, to do much more than I ever could dream. He is able, more than able, to make me what he wants me to be. There are things that all of us struggle with. One of the kids I talked to afterwards, they were, they were talking about, I just had to, I, I needed to write it down. I couldn't stand it anymore, and I don't care if people know what the struggles I have because I need help. And the advice I could give them is, everybody's got problems and we all need help. If there's one person that's figured it out, and that was the Lord, we see no one else in Scripture that figured it all out besides Him. But He points to the solution to our problems, whatever it may be. Just as the song said, our God is able to take care of any need of his people. All we need to do is place our complete trust and faith in him and renew our commitment to him. Colossians chapter 3, one of our last verses tonight we're going to look at. Colossians chapter 3, beginning in verse 5. If you'd like to follow along with me, we'll read from there. It says, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, 
and sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. We skip down to verse 15. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. It doesn't matter what struggle you list in your long list of sins in life, in your long list of items or elements in the world you follow. It doesn't matter where you have been. It doesn't matter what other people will say about you and your struggle. What matters is that you getting back on the right path and correcting and completing yourself in Christ. In the book of Colossians, you have a long list of problems that people had. And the writer says, put them to death. Do away with those things. And fix your focus back on Christ in order to feel complete once again. And I love how it ends in verse 15. It says, the peace of Christ will rule in your hearts. If you put all these things away, if you turn back to God and trust Him, He says, He will rule your heart once again. It says, and be thankful. Be thankful that you have an opportunity to renew yourself and be complete once again in the eyes of God. I'm thankful for the spiritual growth that took place, not just within our group, but within everyone that came to exposure. As David said, there was almost 3,000. I think the final count was 2,920. And it was a wonderful year and a great theme. But far beyond that, that's only four days. We've got 361 more days to go through this year. It is a daily walk for all of us. It is a daily commitment we renew each morning and each day that we live for God. Will you fall at times? Oh, yes, we'll fall at times. Will you struggle? Oh, yes, we're going to struggle. And no one's struggle is the same either. Everyone in here has a different struggle. Everyone in here is unique in their situation. But as Colossians chapter 3 says, it points you back on the track you need to be on. It points you back to Christ. And Christ says, it doesn't matter what struggle it is. What matters is you renew yourself. If you're here tonight and you feel that there's something that's missing in your life, if you've been searching for hope in the light of Jesus Christ, we can help you. As a matter of fact, Matthew chapter 5, verse 16 says, Let your light so shine before others that they may see your good works and give glory to the Father who is in heaven. That's our job as Christians. For those of you who feel incomplete, let us help you. Because that's our job as Christians and we delight in it to shine the light of Christ and help you on your path. We want to share the good news of Jesus. As our elders said this morning, there are so many people in this congregation who love who love the gospel of Jesus Christ and who would love to bring it to you. But you have to let us know. 
If you're ready to be complete in Christ, then I ask you, don't wait another day. Be willing to put on Christ in baptism and walk in the newness of life, as Romans chapter 6 and verse 4 says. <coughs> and if you are a Christian that's been struggling, maybe the desires of this world have caught up to you, you can come back, as we stated. First John 1 and verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. One of my favorite lessons I heard this week was on complete forgiveness. And Brother Dan Week will paint a picture-perfect scene of how God's forgiveness is. And what's unique about it, he walked through the Old Testament, he pulled several verses out of Isaiah. And at the end he says, God is able to see your sin no more. It is gone, it is obliviated, it cannot be remembered by him again. He said that is complete forgiveness that we all desperately desire and want to have in this world. And that's the same forgiveness that we need to have to one another as well. Will you allow the gospel of Jesus Christ to complete you? I hope you do throughout this year of 2020. And if you need to respond to the invitation, come now as we stand, as we sing.